Hello, everybody, and welcome to FanWith, the FanBite podcast. It is me, your perennial host, Steven Strom, here once again. Unfortunately, alone, Merritt and Nikki are extremely busy and both under the weather at the same time right now. It's uh, super sad to say. Uh, we're going to actually probably end up changing up the way that we record podcasts here in the future so that we do them on Tuesdays, do the actual recording on Tuesdays, and then post the podcasts on Wednesdays, so hopefully that will maybe kind of like help our schedules a little bit, but since both of those two are working on their uh, very important secret projects in the background, uh, I decided to come in here, rather than not doing an episode altogether, uh, I decided to go ahead and do another check-in, that's usually what I like to do here for the show. Um, but yeah, we are just in general, besides changing up how we're going to be doing the schedule, uh, we've got just a lot of really cool, exciting things going on in the background right now, and it just happens to be coinciding with a month of the year that is incredibly busy for new game releases. Uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne came out last Friday, Borderlands is this Friday, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, and somebody else is uh, one of our, our main uh, staff members, uh, Dylan Skiffington, shoutouts to him, is still in South Korea on vacation. So we are just uh, very shorthanded and just kind of in a generally uh, t- kind of a hectic place right now. In a good way, I think, because the stuff that we're going to have to announce here in the near future in terms of how we are uh, expanding fanbite uh, in general... Definitely super cool and, and interesting and exciting. Um, we'll have more to say about that in the near future. Anybody who follows us on Twitter will probably see that we have announced some things in the past here. But yeah, for the time being, I just wanted to come in and say hi and make sure that you're all doing all well. Well, you know, making sure you're getting enough water, um, staying hydrated, getting some sunlight, going on a walk here and there. Don't just sit in front of your desk all day. You need to get up and get active. You got to work those muscles. You got to get that blood pumping. You got to get those tendons stretched that's what you do with tendons uh speaking for myself i am here at uh the fanbytes midwestern office is what i'm going to call my apartment just coming in here uh speaking of uh monster hunter world iceborne been playing a whole lot of that which you can read about on the website um merit i know is uh, prepping for borderlands 3 herself we've uh, there's some um, new destiny news going on you know nikki is working on a whole bunch of other things john is incredibly of all of us in terms of like who is busy uh dealing with this new stuff that's going to be uh these very exciting cool changes here uh to fanbite in the couple next couple of months john is the one dealing with a lot of that stuff so he was not able to join me as a guest again this week but again, we're going to try out some things a little bit differently next week and try to maybe get the podcast out a little bit sooner in the week, uh, and it's better for everybody's schedule. Myself included, actually, because uh, previously, because of my time zone, I'm in this weird situation where uh, we would record on Wednesdays, and uh, then I would just have to uh, edit and post uh, and write up the, the post for the website and SEO it and all that stuff that same night, and uh, in the future we're probably just going to do the recording on Tuesdays, so the news won't be quite as up to the minute as it has been in the past, but not. The, it kind of came to light that we weren't really doing much new stuff anyway, so who really cares? Um, what we're usually doing is sitting around bullshitting and talking about the games that we've been playing and whatnot. So we're not too concerned about that sort of thing as it is. And then I'll post the podcast up in the uh, the mornings on Wednesdays instead of late at night on Wednesdays. So hopefully those will be in your feeds earlier rather than later. We'll see if this is another uh, pack situation that uh, I'm sure listeners of this program will know uh, how just how... You know, betrayed and, uh, you know, undercut, I feel like I was. Uh, that, you know, I was personally attacked and offended by uh, people that I thought I could trust, you know, honestly. Just truly, truly uh, unforgivable behavior, really. But no. 
best wishes to Merritt and Nikki. Hopefully they will feel, feel better here pretty soon. But anybody who listened last week also knows that Nikki was already starting to feel a little bit under the weather then. Um, so yeah, I hope they are all feeling healthier by next Tuesday. I hope John is able to escape from his meeting hell within this generation. Um, but you know, before uh, Gen Z gets replaced with whatever. Uh, new mutants have taken over the wastelands uh, that of America that will be left when that happens. Uh, and I hope uh, Dylan is enjoying his vacation, uh, um, where he has also abandoned us and uh, left us all t- here to uh, just kind of, you know, just kind of deal with one of the busiest months of the year all by ourselves. It's fine. We, it's not like you know, it's not like we could have used him around or anything like that. No, no, for, for real life. Hope he's having a great time. I'm sure he is. He has been checking in with us every once in a while, too, and it sounds like he's uh, doing just fine. Um, but yeah, for myself, uh, playing that Monster Hunter World Iceborne here and there. Uh, and by here and there, I mean basically every waking moment of the day. I just beat the main new campaign, the first campaign. Anybody who's played Monster Hunter World or Monster Hunter games before that even probably knows that usually these games have a story campaign that you that ends with a certain boss fight and then the credits roll and then there's just more game afterwards and then there's a second set of credits it's ridiculous and doesn't make any sense but i've gotten past that first set of credits and into the new end game stuff which seems honestly buck wild uh the game is out now so i don't think it's uh, i'm not under any kind of embargo anymore to talk about this stuff but there's this Monster Hunter World is doing some weird stuff. They've got this whole new zone. So there's the Horfrost Reach, which is the snow zone that they announced uh, prior to release that they put in the uh, promotional materials for the game. There's a second zone. Spoilers. Uh, if you don't want to hear absolutely anything about Monster Hunter World, Iceborne, t- you could just turn this podcast off right now and uh, step away. But I'll give you a second. But... There is a second new zone in Monster Hunter World Iceborne that's called the Guiding Lands. The Guided? Guiding Lands, I think. Uh, And it's like this whole new kind of like organic area where it's like a bunch of different zones all mushed together. Like the Rotten Vale, the Coral Highlands, the Ancient Forest, all these different kind of biomes that are made into one giant zone that you just kind of explore at your leisure and hunt randomized monsters and then those monsters give you like all these kind of crazy augmentations and stuff like that that you can apply to different weapons uh and make those weapons look different and give them very specific new bonuses and things and it's it's kind of interesting i had seen people out there um i think kotaku and uh, gaijin hunter had kind of written about this a little bit or written about this and talked about it in the case of gaijin hunter uh a well-known monster hunter youtuber who uh you know shout outs to him does great work but uh talked about how a lot of the weapons in the game don't look particularly good or interesting in this new expansion i wonder how much of that is tied into the fact that you can customize the appearance of the weapons now uh once you get into that end game stuff i haven't delved quite deep enough into it yet to really know for sure but uh i'm kind of curious to touch on more of that stuff as I go forward, but so far, very, very, very impressed with the changes they made and the balance changes. The, the Clutch Claw is a tremendously interesting new addition to your arsenal in that game. And for folks who don't know, that's like a grappling hook that you can use to get onto monsters um, from a distance. I was super, super worried it was going to be incredibly overpowered um, before the uh, game came out, before the expansion came out. Because I was thinking that a bunch of people would just be constantly jumping onto the monster, hitting it, jumping off again, hitting it jumping off again, hitting it, uh, and not actually, like, just attacking the monster and playing the game. But it turns out 
the game actually balances that in some pretty key ways. For, uh, you, you can get knocked off very easily if you're not attacking at a very specific moment. So the Clutch Claw is very, very useful and very, very powerful, but uh, you definitely don't want to just be spamming it all day. So very interesting, very smart little addition. The new zone is really cool, big ice-themed thing. The Guiding Lands... The Guiding Lands... I'm still... You know what? I'm just going to say I haven't played enough of it yet. I have only been to the Guiding Lands once for real here. So I'll uh, try to spend a little bit more time with that and kind of report back next week when we have people to talk to about it. But so far, I am extremely enjoying uh, Iceborne. Um, I will probably check out Borderlands 3 this week with Merit at some point. Merit is definitely taking point on that one, though. Uh, I, boy, we have, anyone who has watched any, or listened to, or read any of our E3 coverage knows that we have some thoughts about Borderlands, and the situation with Gearbox, and Randy Pitchford, and it's just one rumor after another, after another, after another, and, like, bad blood between him and former employees, and former best friends, and his poor behavior in general, and just poor handling of things, and the game itself looks kind of fine, but then uh, reviews are out, and it sounds like the writing, the, the thing that was so, so bad in, in Borderlands 2, it sounds like it's even worse, but then the gameplay sounds perfectly fine, I don't know. I don't know what to, quite to make of that. Borderlands 1 is a game that I personally really, really, really loved. Uh, Borderlands 2, I f kept trying and trying and trying and trying. I really, really did. Uh, and I kept getting to about the same part about halfway through the game every single time before I just got sick of it and gave up. Never played the pre-sequel. I do own all three of them, but, uh, you know, maybe this is my time. Maybe this is my opportunity to go back and give those a shot, take a look. But, uh, yeah, hearing some pretty mixed things about Borderlands 3, especially with... Just move into like a little bit of a news section here. Uh, there was like some weirdness around the way that codes were distributed. Personally, we did not receive a review copy of Borderlands 3 yet. Uh, we will be receiving one here uh, later this week, by the sound of it, according to 2K. Uh, but we did, we did not receive one very early, which apparently is the case for a lot of different folks, uh, which has been written about on Kotaku, uh, that was discussed at GiantBomb.com, a bunch of different places. Uh, we were not given any specifics from 2K as to why the codes weren't really... Well, the, the specifics we were given was that they basically just didn't have enough codes available, but apparently there were some there was some very strange stuff going on. Strange is a, is a strange way to put it, even, because it's actually very common stuff, but it's it was, it was handled and spoken about very strangely, about how the codes were sent out <clears throat> uh, late to a bunch of different publications... Uh, Giant Bomb included, a couple of other different places, because of security reasons, about, like, the game, like, not... I don't know what security reasons necessarily means. I, I could I could take some guesses, but, uh, I, since, again, I did not receive a, the this particular spiel from 2K, I don't want to speculate too much about, like, what they were trying to, to get across. Um, but what my understanding is that a couple of select sites received Borderlands 3 codes uh, from 2K in the form of unique Epic Game Store accounts that just had Borderlands on them, uh, and you could not just use it. Normally, when you, when you receive a code for a review game, you get a code for it, and then you attach that to maybe a work Steam account or an Epic Game Store account or to your personal account or your PSN account or whatever it is. In, uh, I have actually, I've certainly had that happen with Epic Game Store codes, so I know it is certainly possible on the Epic Game Store to get a code, you know, pre-release and whatnot. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw sent us early, very early code, uh, for that game, 
and it worked just fine. Uh, but apparently Borderlands was was done a little bit differently. This is not completely unheard of. I've definitely dealt with this in the past. Uh, THQ, I definitely remember having uh, to deal with some of that stuff uh, before with some Saints Row games. Uh, but yeah, the some, some strangeness around that in general, but then also uh, Giant Bomb apparently had heard that... <clears throat> Uh, had been told by 2K that it was not because of, that they were not receiving codes late because of security reasons, but because their uh, coverage of Borderlands 3 was negative ahead of time, and they didn't want to give uh, somebody who was negative about the game uh, a hit pre-release uh, early code because they probably want to keep their Metacritic score up high, which is an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly common thing in video games. It's just you don't hear that quiet part said so loud very often. People don't really. PR very, very, very rarely ever says that kind of stuff. Um, they usually just tell you, we don't have codes yet, blah, 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 and then what? And then you, you know, if you're like us, you you know people in this industry, because we're, we all talk to each other, who have had codes for weeks, and then they have reviews that go up on, you know, an embargo day ahead of time, and, you know, basically there's a lot of lying that happens, but... Uh, it is out of the control of the people who are telling you the, this information. PR and marketing usually has very little control over that sort of thing. This is stuff that comes down from publishers and whatever. Anyway, very strange situation that was just breaking yesterday, so I thought I'd maybe mention that and kind of explain where our Borderlands 3 coverage is at. We're, we're kind of doing our best. We're going to get code a very little bit early by the sound of it, and we will continue to write about it once we have a chance. Uh, as for other news, there was that big Nintendo Direct where they announced... Uh, just million different ports of old games uh, for Switch, which was weird, deadly premonition, Doom 64, Star Wars Dark Forces, Jedi Academy, one of those, I forget, uh, that lineage, I, I honestly like can't keep track of that lineage at all at this point, so I can't remember exactly which one it was, but that was, that was weird. Uh, they announced a sequel to Deadly Premonition. A full or a prequel to Deadly Premonition? It's called Deadly Premonition Two. Uh, that's I know. Uh, Swery uh, is the, the uh, one of the designers on it. Uh, the, one of the designers of the original Deadly Premonition, kind of the lead designer, I believe, is involved with that game in some capacity. Other than that, I don't know much. But this just seems like such a weird thing to announce. In general, I don't know. Xenoblade Chronicles remastered coming out for the for the Switch. It looks very nice. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is a game that I have a certain fondness for. I like Xenoblade Chronicles X a little bit more because I'm just a mecha guy uh, or a mecha person, and I would like to see that game get moved up honestly more than I would like to see Xenoblade Chronicles One get remastered. But we'll see. Uh, I like that first game just fine, uh, and it looks really nice in this, like, with these redone character models and such, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Overwatch coming to Switch, that was the, that was kind of their big opener, uh, which is, yeah, sure. Overwatch seems like it's in a, kind of a weird place right now, to be completely honest, but why wouldn't you put it on a Switch, I guess? Uh... Other than that, in terms of news kind of stuff going on right now, uh, I'm not playing a whole lot else other than Monster Hunter. I saw some, you know, I previously talked about Control last week and Astral Chain. Control, they've just given us a roadmap. There's going to be, uh, I think, three expansions for Control coming out here. One free, two paid in the next little while with some endgame content. That sounds cool. I'm into that. I like that game a lot. Um... And I would love to see more of it. Astral Chain I played a bit more of. Astral Chain is very messy. 
It's a very interesting game with a lot of cool ideas, but boy, those controls are just a lot, 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 lot to wrap your head around. The game tries to do so much and doesn't necessarily give a lot of uh, time for any single idea to breathe before it introduces you to the next thing, and the controls aren't the smoothest to begin with, so when you start stacking control on top of control on top of control, it gets a little bit hectic. Uh, so I don't know, that's... Uh that's, a, that's another curious one for me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep plugging away at that. Uh, more Speaking of Switch games that I'm actually much more excited about is uh, Demon Axe Machina. Reviews came out for that as another game we'll be getting code for here closer to launch by the sound of it. But um, Demon Axe Machina, boy, I'm excited for that one. Reviews seem pretty positive in general, um, at least from the people who uh, whose opinions I care about in, in terms of like what a modern Armored Core game looks like. And that sounds like that game is basically a modern Armored Core. Merritt also played the demo and had uh, written some impressions about it on the website, which you can read now, and it sounds like they did a lot of work on that game between demos. There was an earlier demo from earlier this year that was apparently not particularly great, but this new one has really, really improved on a lot of the uh, control issues and a lot of the, just the general tightness and feel of that game. It sounds like it's coming along quite nicely. Uh, I think that's out this Friday or next Friday? I think this Friday. It might also be on the same day as Borderlands 3. Um, yeah, I think that's probably mostly it for major news in uh, my neck of the woods here anyway. I'm probably forgetting something major, but again, we're not much of a new show. That's kind of one of the reasons we've been doing the show the way we have and why we'll be switching it up the format here in the near future. But uh, to recap on that, big, exciting changes coming to the company itself. But uh, yeah, that's just left a lot of us very busy, uh, a lot of us uh, shorthanded as we get prepared for uh, what's coming next. Uh, and then on top of that, you add, uh, you know, people on vacation, people being sick, it's, t it's tough. Uh, I know these, uh, solo episodes are probably not the most exciting thing in the world to listen to, but I do like to make sure that we have at least something in the feed going up every week so that you're not completely left in the dark and kind of, you know, be open about what's going on at the site and stuff like that, you know, for the most part. Uh, I try to basically, like, lean into talking about all the different things that we're working on as much as I can. I, it's just in a lot of cases, if there's, uh, you know, stuff outside of my control that I just don't understand or don't know enough about, I, I don't really talk about it. Uh, but, uh, and in the, this case, that's just a, yeah, I know, I know uh, some of some raw details of, like, the cool stuff that's coming down the pipe, uh, but I don't want to say anything too specific because I don't know the specifics yet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that stuff. Uh, stay tuned for the podcast next week. Stay tuned for more articles about things. Stay tuned for Monster Hunter World Iceborne thoughts and, and guides and whatnot. That's what I work on all this week. Stay tuned for some reviews. We got some reviews from some cool people. We just had Serial Vasquez, formerly of Game Informer, write a Creature in the Well review for us uh, the other day, and that was really, really fun. Um, that game seems pretty good, uh, but maybe not as uh, challenging as it could be. Uh, but it was very nice to get a real decent piece of writing from Serial. Uh, I'm excited to see some of the other people we've got going on stuff. Uh, Gears 5! Gears, jeez. Gears 5 came out officially for people who aren't Game Pass holders. It came out last Friday or this Tuesday? I think. One of those. Or both. I don't know. Uh, that game seems like it's pretty exciting and interesting. We've got some content about that up from one Ian Stokes. He does a lot of different guides for us. You can read about that on the website. Uh, and yeah. I will talk to you all probably next week when we have more to say. Thanks 
for the knowledge. Bye.